Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined, as always, by Michael Daniels, and we have a guest with us in the virtual studios. It is our good buddy, Justin. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. How's it going, Justin? I am good. Excited to be here. Hey, we're doing a, we're doing a video tonight. This is weird. Is this what we do for our, our Patreon stuff, right? Yeah, premium premium is, our is this what fans. the kids are talking about when they say we're doing only fans is that what, they, yeah, what they're yeah. is that no that's not what they mean okay i'm pretty sure most of only fans is middle-aged white dudes podcasting I'm, is, I'm pretty I, sure I, I had a feeling that's what it was and we were in our, our demographic there there's no no uh sexy times happening over there at all at all well uh so yeah we're, we we get a look at our ugly mugs today but this is normal we we uh Justin's part of our, our normal Tuesday, Thursday group. So we, we have video on, we kind of jumped on that back in the pandemic stuff. We were kind of insistent on turning on video and we get, we peer pressured everybody into doing it. So yeah, that was, that was you, you, Mike and, uh, and our buddy Trotsky, the big extroverts in our group. Like, I want to see people's faces. Got to see people's faces. Got to see it. It works out. Everybody hops on. It's really nice. Uh, but yeah, so we're, we're kind of, uh, used to that. So we got Justin here. To talk, I mean, we had you on last time. Last every time we'll have you on, I think it has to do with everybody's uh, alerted that we're going to talk uh, comic book nerd stuff, right? Right? Mm-hmm. That we 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 talk about you on the show, and like, well, we're going to have to have Justin on to talk about that if we're going to talk about that. Uh, yeah, last last time I think I was on, it was X Men uh, related. I think it was, it was House, the of House, Powers House of X Ten. Powers of Ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, that was too long ago. We need to have you on. Oh, that was then. a while ago. We we we're okay. So evidently we cue you up as if you're on. Like oh well, we'll just talk to Justin about that. We'll we'll talk and then we just don't get back to you. So welcome back, we, Justin. We're, we're going to talk. Yeah, about we some, had some we stuff. had planned to have Justin on when um, WandaVision wrapped, and I think we mm. just couldn't get the scheduling. That's made. that's what it is. So I guess we can we can also throw two minutes on on that stuff to catch you up on stuff. Uh, that being said, I don't think anyone uh, listening to our show uh, would mistake that I'm probably the biggest comic book nerd between Dennis and I. Um, mm-hmm. And I think in our, our, our fan friend group, it's definitely Justin and I who, who know the most. Fox knows some stuff, but I think Justin and I are definitely the, the comic book people from different spec- spectrums. Uh, how did, to catch up here, catch the audience on your, what your thoughts are, Justin, what, what did you, uh, how's your feeling on WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, an overall feeling of, of them? I absolutely loved WandaVision. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite TV series in a long time. Very innovative. Um, very interesting how it adapted more than one comic book storyline, but it managed to adapt so many different storylines cohesively. You're taking House of X, you're taking the Tom King Vision series, you're taking the Wanda and Vision, you know, comic book from the 80s. And you're taking all of those comic book series and combining them into one really cohesive story that other, that other like DC has tried to do that before, right? They tried to do that with Batman v Superman. Batman they tried Superman, to do it with Justice yeah. League, just throwing a bunch of like comic book storylines together and trying to make a movie out of it and not working very well. So to see no. Marvel execute that so well, it was really rewarding as someone who's read all of those comic books to then see, elements coming together from all the different comic books that you want it to be coming from. Right. It felt, it felt very truthful to what those characters are in the comic books. And I, I absolutely loved it. 
Now, I don't know if if you guys you guys probably have a better sense of this than I do, but I feel like that's a thing that the MCU in general maybe at its best um is doing is just almost cherry picking what they feel are the best elements of the comic book characters and the comic book stories and putting them together in a way that's it's not the same, it's not direct adaptation, but you know boiling down to the essence like when we talk about um spider-man um tom holland's spider-man has no uncle ben story that we got from toby Maguire and andrew garfield and so we said well what is that how like he's still there like he's maybe mentioned offhandedly but um the 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 core of that story is the is the the grief that Peter Parker goes through um, because of that event. And in the MCU, that's Tony Stark. Tony Stark, right? right. So you have the heart of the story still there, but the details are changed. Um, now, I don't know. I haven't read a lot of comics. I know that one of the things, at least to my understanding, of MCU characters versus um, their comic book original counterparts is that oftentimes they're just completely changed they're like we'll take just these bits and we'll put these here and um um chris pratt bears almost no resemblance to the original um star lord star lord uh, peter quill yeah that i i will i we've talked about that before how they they do that i that's i think that they the writers don't get enough credit the mcu writers uh i think uh kevin feige gets all that credit i mean i more power to him. I think, you know, he does a lot and is the soul for this stuff, but sure. when he doesn't actually get down in the writer's room and write stuff, I'm sure he's there in the writer's room and has the ideas overall, but he doesn't like, you know, write, change yeah. the characters to make the stories go where they want. And a lot of times those are even like James Gunn writes, you know, guardians of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he'll be in those writer's rooms. Sure. And he'll have over ideas, but it's, it's clearly it's the writers. Um, and all of them, all of them have that same success in cha- taking the spirit of something. But what's so weird is that why is it that this company who is doing different writers, clearly I don't think they're all the same writer's room for all these movies. No. Uh, how is it that they can do that, but like Warner Brothers can't? I just don't understand why one can and one can't. Was, they're different people. Was um, was Stan Lee involved very much? No, he really like, he really wasn't. He was executive but, producer, but in name. Aside from his cameos, like I wonder, um, no, and maybe Justin sure can answer this better than than I definitely more better than I can. But uh, maybe maybe some amount, some more amount of um, original writers, original creators, maybe being involved. So uh, Stan Lee's method for developing characters was different from dc always focus on the character first and then the storyline second okay and i think that spirit of developing marvel characters and making strong characters and letting those characterizations sort of carry the story instead of making it first a story and then character second i think i think that stanley method has really carried through to these marvel movies i mean as you were saying, the Spider-Man movies aren't based off any specific Spider-Man comic run. None of the movies have been. The Guardians of yeah. the Galaxy movies 
didn't really adapt any direct Guardians of the Galaxy storyline. No. But they they had the character essence, and once you get that right, you can build a storyline around any character. Yeah. And that's what Marvel's I, done so well. That makes sense in the in the way that um, some of the Marvel movies will have, you know, great moments and excellent characters, but the story and the like, MacGuffin or the villain or whatever is is kind of forgettable. Yeah, I, so where, you could see where yeah. their priorities are there. Right. I I, I gotta and I think it served them well for, for doing. I gotta this whole speak for the super uh, comic nerd out there that's screaming at us right now. Uh, in the fact that Guardians Guardians is actually the probably the, the biggest exception to the Marvel method uh, from all the MCUs because uh, while they've got the essence in every other movie, just exactly what we're talking about, Guardians actually went the complete opposite. I don't know of any of the current Guardian movies, MCU Guardians, that were anything like their original like versions in the thing, with the exception of maybe Groot, who was kind of always the, a paladin. Um, but but well. But really, in the comic, in the in the, the pre comics, when you go back to like Annihilation, which was pre Guardians of the Galaxy movie, those characters, Drax, Peter Quill, Peter uh, Gamora, they're not the same kind of characters. Gamora is maybe a little close, but not really. Um, their their personalities are nothing like their pre comic book personalities. So I just wanted to, I just, I know somebody's out there yelling, saying like, "No, guys, Guardians is clearly nothing right. like those." And and I I knew that only because I was a Guardians fan before that, um, and I'm totally fine with the new Guardians things. I'm, I think it's great. They're two set. We we years ago we talked about this on the show. Is that they, you know that's that's the that Guardians and this is this Guardians. It's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the co- the comic book has changed completely to be the new Guardians uh, personalities. But that that's fine. Uh, moving on. So while Wandavision had the uh, you know, adapting all these different things. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, on the other hand, uh, yeah. I mean, it didn't. It, it didn't. it didn't adapt any kind of thing. I, I don't believe, and this is hard for me to say because I didn't read them all, but when um, Sam became Captain America in the comic books, he just, bam, I'm Captain America. Like, they, they needed, you know, it was, he arrived on the scene in the first episode, he's got his full outfit on and now he's Captain America and they talk about stuff, but he's straight up Captain America. There was no, this long process. And this, this one made up a whole original story that wasn't anything on the comic books. And that's not saying it's a bad thing. It's just, it's, they went on their own. Do you think they were successful, Justin, in that uh, with the series or? I think there needed to be more development of the Sam Wilson character before he got to wear the shield. I think that by the end of the series, he had earned the stars and stripes. I think, I think had you started the series with him episode one as Captain America, it wouldn't have felt earned. So it, hmm. you're right. It wasn't an, an exact uh, direct comic book to TV series adaptation, but I think they kind of had to do with the way they did that. They didn't make some very strange choices with the other characters, though. Um, yeah, I, I I liked it. I liked it. I liked it we, when we talked about this last week. I, I liked the transition they did. Personally, the one, I, I, I wasn't a fan of the flag smashers. I thought the sh- the show drug yeah, and like, meandered from like point to point. No. Yeah, same. I didn't like the Sharon Carter uh, development. Oh, hey, um, real, side note on that. I'm glad you said that because I have it written down here. Uh, 
I got to thinking last week that uh, I forgot that they're making a new series um, on Netflix or on Netflix, sorry, on Disney Plus mm-hmm. called uh, Secret Invasion. How about yes. She's a Scroll? That is a popular theory, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I I that like makes sense. that theory <laughs> more than that character having such a strange heel turn. Uh, from her original characterization, the first few Captain America movies, so different from her character or her comic book character, it's very strange that they decided to do that with her. Yeah, they they, they Can, they've got this is going to be a TV series, a Disney Plus series. So my my bets are that they're going to intentionally be spreading scrolls throughout the series. Do you remember? Have you read the Secret Invasion comic book series? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yes. So yeah. the original scroll that was revealed was Electra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was, I feel Sharon Carter is comparable in terms of importance. And yeah, the, sure. Daredevil Electra? Yeah, uh, Daredevil Jennifer Garner, Electra, yeah. right? <laughs> Jennifer Garner, yeah. right. T- terrible one. Uh, Can yeah. you, I don't want to, I don't want to derail off this too far. Can one of you um, uh, explain like on five, the power broker? Is that a, uh, is that original no. comic book character? Or is it something <laughs> completely new? I I don't I don't know I I don't I've never I'm heard of it before this. Here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded I, I mean, like the way be. that they they develop it in the in, in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it feels like a big name drop, like a Thanos thing. Sure, it it, it that that's weird for me too. Like I, it does feel like a name, that whole episode when they announced that person, I was like, it felt like everything was name drop in Madripoor. They were trying to do something, and half of it I didn't know either. But as I said last week. I actually don't read a lot of capped stories because they're not all that engaging to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe there's power. I don't know if Justin reads Captain America mags, but not, I'm not familiar with the power broker either, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. So maybe that's a thing. All right. I'll have to yeah. resort. So anyway, to, we move into Loki. Wikipedia. Yeah, we, we, Very we, excited for Loki. Yeah. So Justin, we, we mentioned last week that um, unlike the other two series that are definitely by everybody involved in the whole thing one-offs Doctor mm-hmm. winter soldier is a one-off series and so is wandavision 100 percent. anything else is rumor confirmed by feige and all the actors directors and writers uh, lots of rumors yes but but everybody you know fans who love things are going to make up things but yes. loki on the other hand is not that way loki has been by writers directors not by feige but uh, but um everyone else that's involved uh, mentioned multiple times at how it's set up throughout the entire season to have multiple seasons. How do you hmm. feel about that? I, I mean, I know you love the Loki thing. But... Oh, absolutely. I, I will always take more Loki. Right. Same. I, I like the idea that the producers, directors, creators of the Loki show have a long form plan that mm-hmm. would last multiple series. I would like, I would like for, a multiple series order to be warranted. I don't want it to just right. be, we're making more Loki because we have that character and Tom Hiddleston wants to make a lot of Loki. Right. Like WandaVision, I, I felt comfortable having one season of it because that wrapped up everything I it needed was, to know. Yeah, it was clearly, mm-hmm. they had a story to tell. Same yes. thing with, with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Do you think, Justin, I know you're a, a, a Whovian. Uh, do you yes. think that this this Loki series will become a and a more episodic kind of doctor who or um quantum leap kind of uh 
People kind of do are comparing it to Doctor Who. That's a weird thing. I think Justin might even brought that. Well, up. it's yeah. it's it's time travel, right? Yeah, oh, quantum right, leap. Right. Quantum leap is a good comparison. I mean, WandaVision was very episodic as well, but I could Early I could see Loki, yeah, having that same sort of content structure where you're going to get one-off episodes that will eventually build towards a a some, climax where everything big, will tie together. Big bad for the whole season or yeah. something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Well, I I that's it's interesting that uh, Hiddleston and Feige are the two linchpins that haven't confirmed it, but I think that mm-hmm. Hiddleston would be game for it if anybody. I think Feige is the same reason you're just mentioning. I think the reason he wouldn't confirm it is because I think he has to see how it goes and how it works off. Sure. And, then, and whether they would do that. He would be the one that would, he wouldn't want to come out and say right away, yes, we're definitely doing it. Um, because it has to, to make sense if they do that. Uh, but right. anyway, the creative people have said they, they, they intentionally wrote it that way, shot it that way. Not, not that it would you know be breadcrumbed on, but they're like, we're intentionally scattering things that don't get answered for, you know, maybe in the future we'll, we'll talk about that type stuff and, and world I mean, build and things like that's that. That's what they did with the movies early on. Right. Yes. Like, like you can see from the, you know, knowing the end from the beginning, you can see the breadcrumbs that led to infinity war, but they, they left themselves other options. Yeah, as opposed to say like um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and um, WandaVision, they weren't really world building. They were telling the story that they were telling. They Falcon weren't, they was weren't... a little world building. Would you say uh, Falcon? I understand what you're Falcon. saying though. They, they there was a goal in mind. They were trying to yeah. get somewhere, and by the end of the series, they were there. They were there, right? right. For sure. Um, yeah, and this one might have that too, but it, it also will, you know, have characters that come and go, and and you'll realize that. Oh, I want to know about more about those and maybe next season type stuff. I so thought that's that's kind of a little exciting. I think that's something for me to to watch. As Dennis and I mentioned last week, that you know, watching this series, kind of knowing that, makes it a little exciting just for that. That maybe I'll get more, and maybe I should invest more in this one. Like I was, I saw six episodes of Falcon Winter Soldier, and I knew that I had six episodes left in me. Right, like I knew. <laughs> the pacing that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I know everything's going to be resolved in this storyline within six. Yeah, it right? was it was more like a mini series, you know, traditional yes. mini series where you're like, right. okay, the story's here. If you know, if this were the same runtime as a movie, we would be just kicking off the third act here. We would be about you know an hour and a hour and a half, hour and ten minutes into uh, into the runtime. Yeah. Uh, so I also was listening to. Um, um, I said actors on actors. I watched, I was reading, watching some of the, the videos, things which two actors interview each other. And it was Chris Evans and Paul Rudd. And they were talking about not their Marvel shows. They did talk about Marvel a lot on there, but mm-hmm. when they were discussing, they had both done like some Netflix type shows um, okay. at, at, the, at the time. And they were talking about how it was different um, re- recording long, you know, multiple episodes for them. Mm. And both of them, uh, discussed it as making a six hour movie or something, you know, it's, it's equivalent to making yeah. a six or eight hour movie. Um, which I think that's really important when you think about stuff. And I think that it should be written in that way, right? Good, good, successful mini series shows should be written that way. Instead of being yeah. written from episode to episode to episode, it should be written as one six hour movie. And it has to, I mean, you have to, you can't get people bored. There's gotta be things at the beginning and, yeah, I mean, I imagine um, your more modern um, episodic series like the 
the, you know, the procedural cop dramas and stuff are probably run a little more like D&D campaigns. Well, maybe not all <laughs> D&D campaigns, but I'm thinking right. of uh, the Adventure Zone specifically, where the writers have an overall season story that they're trying to tell. But any given week, they're going to the episode is going to do, you know, whatever the players decide to do and however the dice roll. Not literally. That's I'm forcing that metaphor. Right. I could see Loki doing something like that now now that I'm thinking about it. Because I, I I think they will start experimenting with the Marvel Disney Plus shows as time goes on. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think we're always going to have the mini series type yeah. where yeah, I could see Loki being the first show to kind of start breaking that mold and trying something a little different. And I, I mean I'm okay if he's with that. if he's jumping between times or or alternate earths or whatever to solve problems um that seems like the perfect like uh, um concept for an episodic mm-hmm. show i mean the the real thing comes though is that um when you do that you're tying actors up and, yeah and, it's what yeah. it's whether and how much it ties into the mcu it's a little bit um you know the cinematic part of the mcu um right. it sort of connects to agents of shield and how uh <laughs> I mean, it was okay, but it was a very ambitious uh, project. Yeah, um, and in, in they got they got one Plus actor world. from the movies. I think Hiddleston feels bigger than um, of an actor than was it Clark? Sure, Craig? but sure. but still, Clark Craig. Yes. Uh, Have they? I I'm curious. I don't I don't know for certain. Have they confirmed that Loki is in Thor: Love and Thunder? Thor four. I don't know about that. That's a good question. I really don't. I mean, huh. I'm 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 nervous about that movie as it is. So, didn't know. Thor go with <laughs> the Guardians? He did, and he's he's in the next Guardians movie. The no, the Guardians, Guardians are the in the next Thor movie. Oh, Guardians are in the next Thor movie. That's right. Sorry, yeah. The the new yeah. Thor movie or certain Guardians movie is being written right now, right? Because uh, Gunn just came out the other day talking about how he's doing. Got to be two more years, and he's still writing it. Hmm. Um. Okay, so let's talk more other more comic booky things. Uh, there was the Shang Chi trailer uh, that we saw about a week a week or so ago. Hmm. Uh, you know much about this character, Justin? Not really. Um, no, uh, I I really liked the trailer. It reminded me yeah. of Black Panther in a way that it feels outside the typical Marvel mold. That mm-hmm. they're they're doing something that's going to be cultural. Um, I like the I like the there was a significant uh, a significant Jet Li performance to it. I felt like um, yeah the mm-hmm. the the thing they're going to be fighting with this is um, the specter of Iron Fist, right? With, the, hmm. with this movie, maybe um, yeah, the, maybe. I mean, the fact that Iron Fist was not that long ago. And was really terrible, and was anti everything that it should have been, um, and it 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 felt like I know Iron My, Fist is 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 a white guy, but it still feels like whitewashing and appropriation that show did. Uh, whereas this is is not that. This is like okay, now how do we get a second chance, right, to do it right with the real character that that we have. Um, so I, I I worry that they might go try to go too far with that or not, or they're trying to to live up. I don't know. I don't know anything about this character either. I, I actually had never heard about him before. Um, he hasn't shown up that I know of a lot in the in the in the Marvel comic book universe. 
so he's all new to me. I have no idea about his mm -hmm. history. But yeah, the trailer looked martial artsy, you know, I guess. Mm -hmm. Kind of cool. Mm -hmm. And we now have the first Eternals footage. Wow. Did you see footage? I, oh, yeah, we did. In, we in did the, that goes with the Marvel like Celebration video. Second. Right. That makes me that makes me sad that we didn't get a full trailer. That's actually, if anything, would have made me most excited. I'm really excited for the Eternals. Um, mm -hmm. Oddly, because I was not an Eternals fan for a long time. I they were always uh, was it Jack Kirby? I'm trying, so I'm going to get notes. Jack about Kirby this. was original, right? Originally, yeah. The, 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 it was one of those whacked out kind of things, and then they've been reinvented over and over again. They like have a series. Uh, stop and get canceled. And then the next writer comes in five years later. This is kind of for you, Dennis. Then the next writer mm -hmm. comes in five years later and says, okay, um, we're just going to rewrite these guys totally. Mm -hmm. And then just start over like their new comic book, but you know, use the characters. And then they do that for like a year or two, get canceled five years later, a new writing team comes in. Mm -hmm. So, and, and it, it kind of works because one of the basis is that they have, not necessarily a Ragnarok thing, but they're eternal. They live forever. So they, they die and they get reborn all the time. Oh, like Very Dr. much like Who. the X-Men thing, Justin. Um, yes. they, they die and get, get reborn all the time. So they can all die. And then the machine will re will re resurrect them later. Mm -hmm. uh, so they, they've lived forever and they have these multiple cycles. And they even talk about in a lot of the, the Eternals books, how, you know, sometimes they decide to just change personalities because they live for a billion years. Right. So, yeah. I'm going to be a terrible evil villain for the next two centuries and then not anymore. Hmm. Uh, so that's, that's kind of the writer's always the writer's excuse to say, uh, we're just starting and we're doing our own thing. Yeah. So I, I never liked that. I never liked not knowing what the hell, um, but I am reading the new Eternals thing and I really like the new one a lot. It, it will be interesting. As you said, there've been very many different interpretations of those characters. It will be interested, interesting to see what direction they decide to take them. The uh, the Neil Gaiman series, which was from the early aughts, mm -hmm. would be my guess as to the direction they're going to take it in, because the new series is so new. Yeah, but it could be it could be a Guardian situation where they're releasing this new comic book to sort of get the comic book readers familiar with the current interpretation of these characters because that's how they're going to be in the movie i i i hope that's the, the way i would be comfortable it. with that otherwise yeah. i would guess it's going to be very similar to neil gaiman's adaptation which i i enjoyed right i mean that means that if it's not that way justin that means that we're reading a comic book that's not going to be anything like <laughs> we're going to watch on the screen which would suck right like i that, i don't know if marvel would surprised. do that they would they yeah. would have to relaunch them again you, right away. You, you just explained why they changed the Guardians. <laughs> yeah, right. right. People, right. people don't want to read comic characters that are different from the current movie characters. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that, that's what they would have to do. They would have to relaunch them again because we don't want to watch read two separate things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I am. It looks cool. I know it's also supposed to be one of the, if not the big thing in, in the Phase 4. Phase 4. Mm -hmm. um, that and Doctor Strange, which is weird that they're linchpinning Doctor Strange for it for a, a linchpin, but um, the Eternals is supposed to to, to be the gar the new Guardians. Type. You know, if you look at, back at Guardians one and two, they told the whole story of the Infinity stuff. Like they were full on with Thanos 
and the uh, the Infinity Stones. They told the story of the Infinity Stones. Uh, they were they were the main part of you know bringing in Thanos and the whole stuff. And I and the way I understand Feige mentioning he he feels the Eternals are the same way. Uh, so whatever that means, uh, they're going to be a a major part, and I'm excited to see hmm. that. Uh, that's when next year or this year? No, this year. No, right? this this year, November. Wow, that's that's big. Um, no, September. I think Spider Man comes out this year too. Spider Man's December. Jeez. Oh, it's it's Black Widow. July is Black Widow. Mm-hmm. September. Um, Spider Man. Shang Chi. Oh, Shang-Chi. Oh, Shang Chi. It's Shang Chi. Then Eternals. Then Spider-Man. November Spider-Man. Eternals. December Spider Man. Yeah, lo- okay. lots of they. Well, they four are movies in four six movies. Months. Yeah. I mean, they got a backlog. We we this mm-hmm. is what we talked about, Dennis. Like last year, we're like, what are they going to do? We're going to have a drought of movies for so long, and we're going to be like, how are we going to live to this yeah. drought and not see anything? No media, and then boom, y- you know. Yeah, I went. We didn't really do our like what we did this week, which is Michael and I's regular opportunity mm-hmm. to talk about the weather, uh, <laughs> lawn care, and and cooking. It's um, always exciting parts of the, it's, the show. It's, right? it's almost always the weather. <laughs> it's the I imagine the part people most often skip ahead in the chapters. Right. Anyway, um, last night I went with some of my siblings to the theater. First time in the theater since, well, since Pat's Did birthday. You the, did you go to the Brokaw or a different one? No, we went to an AMC that had IMAX so that we could watch the Demon Slayer movie. Hmm. Okay. Um, anime movie. The series is on Netflix. It's very good if you like uh, fighty martial arts kind of anime it has a distinct and very um i'm sure there's a word for the art style it's it has big bold lines it's kind of like i don't know if you imagine the the painting the great wave the big it's japanese like ink Mm. art the, the wave and the and the boats it's kind of like that but imagine that modern and more um i'd say cartoony in the sense that Again, it has big black outlines and stuff. It's a very pretty show with a lot of fighting action sequences. I think I think Mike would like it. I know Justin has seen it. Um, I, I I really enjoyed the movie. It's a, it's also bringing a lot of records. I think it's now the highest grossing internationally yeah. released film in America. It, highest it, grossing it, anime it, film in Japan ever. It, it beat the record in Japan held by uh, Spirited Away for Spirited Away decades. Well, really. Yeah. During the pandemic, it, it, during do you, the say, pandemic. do you think it's do you think it's because of pandemic stuff? Is it is it really Probably. better than Spirit? Would you say it's better than Spirited Away? That feels awful hard to to say. It's very different from Spirited Away. Yeah, so it's it's hard to compare uh, apples to oranges. But anyway, we were in the theater, so I had opportunity to see a bunch of trailers, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there were trailers for things you know that I knew were coming, but were this far off, like the sequel to a quiet place or um you know black widow but also things that i feel like we saw about a year ago that then we (laughs) didn't hear anything and now they're like hey remember this movie free guy remember the new ghostbusters movie yeah and you're like Um, oh yeah i forgot (laughs) like hey we're finally gonna do all this stuff that that we were talking about a year which which means this whole year I don't know. I'm a little excited, but nervous because uh, I like going to the movies. I do. I love, mm-hmm. I, I could, you know, go every weekend or several times a week. Um, but 
sometimes I don't get to. And these are such good movies that I kind of, I've really, all of them, I kind of want to watch. Um, and I, I worry that I'm going to miss them because as we said a long time ago, Dennis, you can't consume all the media all the time. There's nope. just so much of it sometimes. No. Nope. Um, and, and I prefer to watch these, all these I want to watch in the, in the theater. Like I want to yeah, see those. Yeah. You have to decide what's, uh, what's a movie that you have to see in the theater and what's a movie you would only see in the theater. Like, yeah. um, like I don't oh, know if I'd I, watch Free Guy on Netflix, but I might watch it. It's theater. it's probably fine, but like it was not worth watching uh, Godzilla versus Kong on my iPad. I would have enjoyed oh, yeah, right. that much better in the theater. Right? Yeah, but, I I was I was there as well. We watched Mortal Kombat. We went to pay them some money because um, you know I pay with pay with your money, people to to pay for stuff. And um, so as opposed to, to what? Well, like, as to like like barter you ten, system. You, no, you paid. Bartering. I'm not entirely goods. certain. Paying ten dollars for Sneaking HBO Max give, gives the money to the producers. I'm going to bring Kombat. a stack of scrap copper from my house to pay for a movie. Right. Ticket. Well, you know what I mean. Sorry. Like, go on. When, go on. when it's on a streaming service, they're yeah, not I, see, people aren't. You, yeah, I get what you're saying. You're saying spend money on the things you enjoy and appreciate to support those industries. You yeah. just to, said to, pay to, with your money, which <laughs> oh, is obviously what, what you, you do. I see what you mean. <laughs> Right. Sorry. Uh, go vote, I, I, what I meant to say was vote with your money. I guess. What I okay. Okay. There you vote go. Vote with your money. Yeah. Show, show the people or in the, that you appreciate what they're doing. Um, so I, that's what I did. We went and voted with our money. We, we went and did that, and we both enjoyed it while with friends and decided to, I, I, you know, pay some money to them. Uh, anyway, we went to the theater as well, like that. And the coolest thing that was also weird is that they're basically fully open now over yeah. here in town. They have all, all of the. Um, the popcorn is again doled right out like normal. You get the salt shakers are back over the things, and the butters dispensed by your own self now. And uh, sodas are all by yourself again, and you can get refills mm. the same way. So it's all just like back. All the aisles are no longer blocked off anymore. Mm. Uh, so granted, there was only like ten people in the whole theater for Mortal Kombat. It wasn't a ton. Um, that's that's but, how ours was too. There were maybe fifteen people for this anime movie. Yeah, on it, a people still aren't coming Tuesday out yet. Night. There, yeah right and also there's no, no big huge blockbuster out right now but um maybe when a big family movie comes out in the mm-hmm. summer or something but anyway uh, it was nice the popcorn i'm telling you the popcorn tastes so much better when it's not like <laughs> this pre-packaged stuff and this terrible oh, sure. packaged butter and yeah so much better and and we we mowed it we had a large and we city and i just took it all the way down <laughs> it, was, it was great nice um so anyway, yeah, it was nice to be back to be back in the theater, and hopefully we'll we'll see more of those. So, what do we else did we see, Justin, in that, that Marvel Celebration video? Um, we saw Black Fantastic Widow footage four teaser. Fantastic Four really? at the very end. Yeah, that was the that phase, was the four phase four Fantastic Four. Okay, yep. sure, sure. It's, it had yeah, the four symbol. Yeah, I, I see what you did there. Is this? <laughs> uh, is this third times the charm on that franchise? Oh, I don't know. Are Seventh, we up to eight, four? Is it four is it, with is the, it uh, the non-released times version of the nineties? Yeah, yeah. It's um, you know that the the newest one made the Jessica Alba one look not so bad. Like I tried to go back right. and watch the newest one again. It's I've so I've bad. only seen what I call the Chris Evans one. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 when, when he was Human Torch. Yeah, I, I see it as the Michael Chiklis one, but you know, we all have, we all have our favorite character. <laughs> I got that. We got Chris Evans over there. We've got uh, Jessica Alba and Michael Chiklis. It's great. Is that, um, so that's still that's Marvel to Marvel. Who did I just see? 
Oh, Idris Elba is in um, Suicide Squad. Yeah. So yes. he, he gets added to the list of actors who've done both Marvel and DC. Yeah. What's the deal with that, Justin? Why didn't they have uh, Will Smith back? I is mean, the uh, char- is he playing uh, a dead shot? Yeah. He's, no, playing dead it, shot. It's, he's not dead shot. I don't he know. He totally why. is dead shot. I thought he was no, a different it's not dead shot. It's a different character. It's not dead shot. Oh, I thought he was dead shot. Okay. I, he kind of he kind of was dressed like dead shot. He had red and everything on him. It, he's not playing dead shot. I don't know why they didn't get. And he carries um, the guns. He shoots the guns. I thought he was dead shot. Okay. Well, I, don't, I, I guess I don't know this DC character then. I uh, yeah. I mean, what James Gunn is doing with that movie, taking a lot of C list characters, so he can probably throw them into the wood chipper throughout the movie. Mm. It's going to be oh, very entertaining to watch. I see. Everyone see. die. Like a Deadpool 2 kind of a... Yes, it's going to be Deadpool 2 the entire movie, probably. Nice. Okay, I just looked it up. He's playing Bloodsport, which I've never heard that character before in my life. I mean, I yeah, obviously have It is a character. Uh, no, I believe it. I just don't know who, who it is. <laughs> there, have, there have been a lot of comic books over the last yeah. years. I, that, n- now it makes more sense that they would just put... Um, Things in there. Well, that makes me sad because I actually liked um, Will Smith's uh, characterization of Deadshot. He, so. he probably passed on the sequel, or he could have been busy with another project. I don't want to could, could put been. words in uh, his mouth. Yeah, he, he was he was the one thing I liked about that and Harley. I liked mm-hmm. about obviously, the, obviously, right. Um, and then I wasn't a great. We talked about that. I wasn't a great fan of the the uh, Birds of Prey movie. It was fine. Yeah, um, it's pretty forgettable. Yeah. Pretty forgettable. Yeah, forgettable. Forgettable. That's that's yeah. that's a good word. Um. So she's like to say, I'd love to see more Harley. Eh, I mean, I if I want to see more Harley, what I want to see is more cartoon Harley. Mm-hmm. Um. Which mm. is you know the epitome of the best Harley. Um. I'm, by the way, I'm reading or just got done reading. Did you read any? Of that? I'm gonna go to super nerd on you here, Justin. Did you read any of the new? Uh, what's it called? A uh, future state of DC comic books. Yeah, I read a decent amount of the series. It did was. You read that, did you read the Harley Quinn stuff? No, I did not. That's the only one I got, and I'm terribly disappointed. <laughs> well, they did a weird thing with a lot of the Batman-related books, where mm, yeah. they turned Gotham into the some sort of magistrate zone. And it's so weird. It it it. It wasn't very. It wasn't connected enough to make it one cohesive story. It was just a bunch of weird one-offs. It didn't really work. Right. So, so Dennis, what we're talking about here is DC. Dis- what DC always does, and yeah. why they're never going to cap Marvel if they keep doing this stupid stuff, is that they're like, we want to write new stories, and we're big writers that want our own characters, but really want to use these characters to make the money. Um, so they they jumped them ahead, like what thirty years. 20 years, every, like that. every book jumped ahead, but not every book jumped ahead the same amount. So right. there okay. were some books that were set 10 years in the future. Wonder Woman was set at the end of the universe. So right. it, was, it wasn't interconnected storylines. It was just, we're looking at the future of DC. And, and again, how DC does, none of this actually matters because yeah. it, it actually wasn't any real future state because they were still putting out the regular books. The you know the final book end like the future state Omega, it's Wonder so, somebody Woman waking up from a dream. Probably it's, it's Wonder it's, Woman, 
talking to these eternal gods and they they say to her some of these storylines will come to pass and some of them will not mm, and so then it's stupid. just like let's go back to how it was before yeah and then that's that's the end of the book is this right. a true story well it truly is a story <laughs> right so so we talked about and I, I don't know if we talked about this just on the show so i don't want to say it again go back to some of our other comic book dc comic book conversations uh i have long said that when um uh, Dido was in charge of DC. He was, he had long stated that he doesn't care about continuity. He was like, you know, keeping continuity is not a thing at all for him. And he was like, writers tell whatever story they want to tell. And when a new writer comes on, he encourages them to do anything they want and disregard anything. And every writer writing Superman in the four different versions of Superman that are going out right now are four different Superman. Um, so, and DC yeah. has done that to give creative, creative freedom to their, they're people, but they have no continuity. DC has no continuity that sticks, that stays, that matters, that is in. I mean, I could see that being appealing to a certain kind of reader. Like, there's sure. no, you know, there's no expectation. There's no homework, right? You're like, okay, well, I have a pretty good yeah. idea who Superman is. I could just pick this up, and I don't have to go back and read five trades worth of backstory to Absolutely. figure out Absolutely. what's going on. But DC is doing it... So they have their primary DC publishing line. And then alongside that, they have their Black Label line. And mm-hmm. Black Label is all of the limited series where you're going to have those those individual stories. Right. Um, you know, what happens if the Joker actually dies? What happens if Batman finds out Joker's identity? Um, there's there's been stuff going on about Constantine and it's, it, it's, it's essentially just here's the character. What would you like to do with them that you could never do and just go with it? Yeah. But and, the, the problem is, is that you don't, you never know if it's going to stick because they'll say, uh, this one wasn't the real con- central line. Like, I mean, they do, they do that all the time where like, ju- if you read justice league and you read Superman, they're not the same people. They're not the same stories yeah. and they're not dealing with the same stuff. And justice league has like the death of the Joker. But then in the Batman series, he's not dealing with that at all. And he doesn't, it doesn't, they're dealing with like international Batman at that time. It does and feel it, like they're trying to create a space for those alt world stories, but. I have so many. You're though. right. There's too many alt world stories to ever really create a, a, a canon that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and I, I had hoped when, when uh, Dido had, was. I think he was fired, basically, wasn't he? Um, yeah. He or let go. Uh, that they would get somebody in the an, an editor in chief that would rein in, say, "Hey, we can have our stories, but we need to have some freaking core mags." It's the reason I don't pick up DC magazines. They all look very neat on the shelf every time I go through there. But I know if I if I'm going to pick it up, it's only going to be for a limited time, like I did with this Harley Quinn one, because it's only for this writer and this artist team. And then when they're done in six months. I'm not going to read that mag again because it's completely different reset. I also, I, I know that I just said I can see this appealing to a certain kind of reader. I can see also how to a different kind of reader, it feels like reading fan fiction. Because when I, yeah, right. when I <laughs> right. was, well, when well I was said, younger, yeah. when I was in college, teen, early 20s, whatever, I read a lot of Star Trek paperbacks. And mm. some of those, like there's an author who wrote a novelized version of every episode and it was mostly the same, but he would change up some of the dialogue or whatever. But there were also paperbacks where they're like, 
oh, in this version of Starfleet, they've developed communicators that are an implant. So you can just talk and they hear you and you can't have your communicator stolen off your uniform. It's next generation era. And Mm -hmm. they're like, okay, but that's only true in this book. And if you pick up another book, they're going to have the normal canonical uh, uh, communicators. And it's right. I mean, those are published paperbacks, but they're still a form of fan fiction. Yeah, I, I always re- re- reply back to there's a there was a series not too long ago called All Star Superman. Yes, and, and and it did the same thing. Like er, there was so many people who, who absolutely loved it, and I was like, oh, cool, this is like they're making changes to Superman. Let's let's I'm gonna go read about it, and then they made huge changes. Like he's gonna die, and he's got this stuff. I'm like, oh my god, this is big, but. It didn't matter. None of it matters. It doesn't actually like tie into anything. It's its own thing again. And I'm like, why are you telling me you like All Star Superman when it doesn't actually gonna matter? I just, I get it. It's six books or whatever it was of its own, right? But that's how all of them are. They so yeah. I, we rambled on this whole DC thing for a while. But <laughs> yes, um, my my point of I don't even know where I came back to that point on that one was um, oh I know so I was saying Harley Quinn. I I, bought, I got the Harley Quinn one. I really like the Harley Quinn com- cartoon that we all watched and loved mm-hmm, so much. Mm-hmm. And that's that feels like a really genuine Harley Quinn way back from when she was on the uh, the Batman animated series, animated kind series, of same right. kind of person, right? But but evolved, right? Becoming this new Harley Quinn stuff that we've seen also in the comic books in her own series. But this one, I picked it up. I'm like, uh, actually, they they picked it up for me. And said you 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 like the Harley Quinn stuff, so here, try this one. I'm like, oh great, Harley Quinn. I'll, I'll watch your own thing. Terrible because it wasn't Harley Quinn at all. <laughs> it was it was terrible because she was Batman. She was a detective in the future. Evidently, she has two kids, and mm-hmm. uh, the Joker I think is dead, and now she's a, a detective for the Gotham PD. Okay. And she walks around with her hands in her pockets like she's in, she didn't smoke a cigarette, but it looks like she should be, and is a beat cop, you know, a detective. And I'm like, this is terrible. This is absolutely awful. She does no. Harley Quinn stuff whatsoever, and like, wh- why would you, why would did you pick she up a do, Harley Quinn? She, did she do like, uh, uh, psychiatrist stuff? She, that's why they got. I said that's why she's on the team because she's a psychiatrist. Okay, that's why they put they put her on the thing, and she knows villains. What, like, okay, what but I, she she all right. She didn't I guess, act like she a, didn't act like her. Okay, like any what of I those like you? blacklist or whatever uh, procedural cop shows where they have a. They have a criminal, criminal minds, or I never saw. Yeah, so something like that. Right example. I, I, my my whole problem reading it was that like somebody who has r- got assigned to write the Harley Quinn mag, but doesn't like Harley Quinn, so they just wanted to write their own. <laughs> the, and, and of course, the editor. I mean, you laugh, but that's exactly what it was. Like, hey guys, I know you gave it gave her two hyenas. That's cool, but everything else you're writing has nothing. She doesn't talk like that. She doesn't do anything like that. Nothing of this is Harley Quinn. And these, that's what was my whole point here is that DC does that a lot. They mm. give freedom to their writers, but they the reason they're never going to be number one to Marvel is because Marvel also gives freedom to their writers, and the writers write their own crazy stuff. But when Hickman writes a big thing, X-Men stick with it for the next four years. And then everything mm-hmm. is based around that, and that's the new status quo for everything. Right? Mm-hmm. Like with the the new Hickman, when that stuff happened, the powers of X and things like that, that changed. You read it, and you know what? This is how all X books are going to be from now on, mm-hmm. which is great. You know, and I think you feel a lot of comfort in that. You don't have to read that. You can pick up Excalibur, and it's its own self contained stories. 
but it still is grounded in that if you see Colossus, it's the same Colossus that's in the same emotional state he is over in this book. You know, mm. so anyway, I, I like that. That's a we're way in the weeds. We get off of that one. Uh, let's let me let me and... tie it back all together. I'll just okay, say go for it. to wrap it up. What what you just said, keeping that character continuity is that Marvel method that I kind of mentioned earlier, where yeah, develop the characters and then the story comes second. That's right. I, I mean sure. that's yeah. essentially what that boils down to. Right, right. And you have to keep those characters, yeah, like as a core type thing. I mean, yeah. I get it. People it's don't not, like angsty Batman all the time, but, you know, let's not make him 60s Batman. So, so long as you've got the Harley Quinn character right, no matter what, still Harley Quinn in that situation is going to be an interesting comic book. But if she suddenly becomes Harley Quinn, like, PD, like, it doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she had to be a mom and had to take care of her family <laughs> and get a job. And I was like, oh, God, I don't want to hear about this. Um. Okay, so uh, last bit of real, I guess we can talk comic all the way through, but real comic book uh, topic here. You guys have watched a couple of the episodes of the Invincible series, right? Which is now yes. done with its first season. I think I um, watched two, and and I, I wished I was watching the Harley Quinn cartoon. <laughs> well, those are two very different kinds of shows. They're different, but they're, they're they both mature. have... They're mature. They have that unexpected... Uh, uh, level of violence brutality brutality. yeah Yeah, that's a good word for it Uh, yeah being mature is they're pretty much they're only tied together (laughs) uh the so you watched what three episodes of this justin yes okay i don't remember how many there are six eight 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 of them eight but they're all they're all doubles they're all about 45 minutes which is interesting choice for a animated series yeah 45 minutes is weird um well, it's hard to talk about it then because uh, it's like you guys watching the first three episodes of WandaVision and then making determination of the series on WandaVision. It's exactly like that um, because the Invincible series, especially volume one, which is the, this is mostly volume one, um, is about subverting your expectations. It's, it's about you going in and watching a show thinking, oh, this is just this. This is just this. And then, oh, wait, what the hell's that? And it's. I'm glad we haven't gotten any comic-related media that's attempted to subvert our expectations in the last five to ten years. (laughs) Right, right. But in in fairness, we're going to use Zack Snyder. Right. Oh, right. Invincible was um, a breath of fresh air when it did it in the comic books at the time. Sure. And um, I don't know how long that go that was. Wasn't terribly long ago. I'd say two thousand. They're early aughts. Yeah. Um, That tracks. Yeah, uh, and so it, it's it's hard to to talk about that, I guess, in, in that, those broad strokes. But and especially it feels spoilers talking that way because sure. if I say, oh, it gets it ramps up, but it, or it's a, that's kind of its thing. Uh, Sydney and I talked about it, and she had said, um, or as I can't remember, I, I or her had said, it's as if they sat in a room with Stanley and said, hey, m- make me a character, give me an idea for a character. He'd be like, oh, this guy, and he's got these powers. He's on the wall, and he crawls like a spider. And the guy's I like, don't. man, that's fucking, that's so crazy. It's so out there. Um, and then they say, okay, sure. And they put him in, like, the what? real world, and then he gets hit by a car. You're like, why does your, uh, your Stan Lee sound like Bill Cosby? 
no. Oh, that's <laughs> we're, terrible. We're, that's... we're not allowed to do Bill Cosby impressions anymore. I don't know if you got that memo. <laughs> that's right. They didn't say any pudding pops or anything. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. Thanks for pointing that out, Justin. My... Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, it, it was. It, like They have these characters that are sometimes what you think of as classic characters, and then you put them in modern situations and modern real mm. world things like Peter Parker is a high school kid. That sounds great. Oh, he's struggling with real high school. So, okay. Actually real high school stuff is a lot more serious stuff than you think it would be. You know, he still, he legit has real problems. I was opposed to the, the comic book, Peter Parker, like that's the difference between what, what this invincible does is, you know, if a guy can be Superman and he hit a guy He's not going to pull his punches perfectly every time. He's going to knock his head off. Hmm. You know. So um, your your selling point for the series is the story, because 100%, my, yeah, my issue with the series wasn't the storyline necessarily. I, I was following it fairly hmm, closely. It, sure. it was interesting enough. It was keeping my attention. I couldn't get over the animation style, and okay. I've heard that it's stylized intentionally that way that it looks we've got we now have a a large library of animated that are very uh very truthful adaptations of comic book to animated right Mm -hmm. um so we i've seen it done in a way that i really like i i like the dc a lot yeah I don't like the way I've read some Invincible, and I don't like the way that they. It looks, and I, I I have a hard time putting this into words, but it, it there's a lot of zoom effects. It feels like they didn't animate nearly enough. There's a lot of background characters that are just standing there, not moving. I it it feels like it was made on a budget to me. Yeah, that's fair. I, I actually when when you say that, like it's. That's not a wrong thing to say. I, some people say, I think the next reaction someone would expect is like, here, I'm going to explain to you why they made these choices. And I, I don't think there's that would be a right approach to answer that to you. I think the right approach is like, you're right. If you don't like a style, or even if you are explained it and told you that way, it doesn't make, it's not going to make you like it anymore, right? I think that's a very valid thing if you don't like an artwork mm-hmm. or an animation or no matter what the reasons is, you don't have to like a thing. And I think that's a very valid point. I Den- it reminds me of Dennis doesn't like what is it like the computer anime is that what it is it, and it that de- makes a lot of sense it depends on it depends on the series because I enjoy B stars very much and I actually that CG uh, animation is done so well so uniquely that I didn't even realize that's what I was watching but then once somebody pointed it out I'm like oh that's why this looks so different from everything else um, yeah the series that this wasn't the only thing that that kept me from from getting into that was the uh netflix dragon prince dragon prince yeah um and mm-hmm. that was a combination that was a combination of the animation style and the storytelling like the storytelling felt uh, i don't know how to say childish without sounding insulting but it felt like a show that was written for kids um, yeah. Okay. So I, I'll go ahead and say yeah, the, the really short explanation of it because it's again. I, I guess I wanted to say that Sam. I don't want to convince you for to like okay. the animation stuff because I, I don't think there is 
you shouldn't, right? I think that's a valid point that if someone doesn't like a, a, an art style for any reason, they shouldn't just like it because of reasons. Um, the Kirkman has uh, wrote and uh, he did uh, Walking Dead, right? Hmm. Um, he yeah. also did this one. Um, and he, uh, I don't know if he drew this or he's like, I don't think he drew this, but he was involved in it in this very intentional kind of ways, art styles and stuff that he did. Um, and he was involved in the making of this very hand on hand too. Um, and the idea of the animation style is the same way as when they drew it and when they animate it is to make you feel like uh, 80s or X-Men era kind of type stuff of comic books so that you get to feel like you're watching uh, Justice Friends from, you know, 1988. Yeah. That's you know? what it feels like. Right. And that's what it's supposed to feel like so that you you get to think you're watching a a B-list old, old show that's hmm. like the Herculoids, you know, Do or something like that. Do you remember Marvel did stop motion movies a few years back, maybe 10, 15 years ago. They adapted Astonishing X-Men. Um, oh, yeah, I do remember this. Do yeah, you right. remember those? Yes, right. That I just thought of that. That's what Invincible feels like to me. And those movies sure. were made very cheap. They were basically just animating hand-drawn pages or, or, right. or comic book pages. They were just taking comic mm-hmm. book pages and making them move a little bit. It wasn't. Right. It wasn't original drawings. That's how Invincible feels to me. It feels like right. they just took a comic book and shook it a little bit. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And by the way, I, I actually liked that astonishing because I liked that astonishing X Men episode. Uh, that issue. Like I liked. It was I nice. Mean, yeah, me, as a comic book amazing. fan, it was great. Um, but but yeah, it, that, that's that that was the point. I just all I wanted to say was that that it was that when Fox had mentioned that it's intentional. That is that's what we mean by intentional. It's it's the, everything about the series is to make you think that you're watching what I call a Herculoids, a uh, space ghost, a thing that's like a knockoff mm-hmm. of not the real mm-hmm. thing, but old. And and then all of a sudden you're like, I think m- maybe Dennis, you might've mentioned like, why would I just not watch Justice League or watch a DC thing? Like that's the <laughs> point. You're supposed to watch these analogs that are terrible knockoffs. Um, but still you have the no, feel my, of the character. My, my comparison was I have already seen two seasons of the boys. Like what, oh, what am I going to get out of this? That's not, that's not that. Well, the, I mean, yes, teenagers, teenagers. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the boy. The, that's not a feature. Yeah. That's a bug. <laughs> it, it's a it's a different story. I mean, if you sure, enjoy the boy, sure. I I would definitely say if it's, you enjoy the boys, you enjoy this one. Um, and I, as I said, this one was first. The boys is a is oh, an homage to I to see. Invincible. Okay. Um, now, I will be interested. Not to derail. There is a invincible live action movie in production i don't know how far along it is Hmm. but i know that they were developing both of them at the same time by different production companies but i I would be interested to see now that the animated series has come out what the where that movie could go if i I will say that i will say this the boys is dark the boys is always dark and it is terrifying and dark. I mean, yeah. so I'm going to say that word one more time, it's, guys. It's also it's funny. It's a dark movie. No, it's it's great, but it's dark humor if it's funny, right? It's, yeah, dark It's humor, got yeah. that. The Invincible is always in – I read four, five volumes before I, I just kind of got exhausted and stopped reading them. Uh, is forever doing the same thing with like, okay, oh, my God, this very serious, very adult 
I'm not just talking about the violence because there's a lot of violence, mm-hmm. but very adult kind of thing happened here between these characters that are um, really offbeat. I'm trying to think of some offbeat, maybe Wally West and uh, Red Arrow or something. And you're like, these characters are just normal. Oh, Red Arrow's a bad example, but just Robin, right, from the 60s. Like, oh, you get these characters. And then they they deal with very serious real-world issues that are, is, is very deep to the impersonal. And you're like, oh, man. And they do that. And then all of a sudden they'll go back to the next episode. They're, they're, not, they're still dealing with that kind of stuff personally. But then you've got the real corny villain comes in out of nowhere. And he's got bomb voyage. You're like, what the heck? Because they're constantly mixing this old, weird Stan Lee characters that they'll just throw back into the story. And then they'll put them in these kind of, you know, situations that are, oh, my God, thing. And so the we'll move on from this one. But I will say that watching that series through at least the first season gives a good example of, what the whole series is about because it when people talk about spoiler freeze don't read the invincible spoiler free stuff it's important because that last episode is the culmination of oh my god type stuff Hmm. they are really going to go this far with this series this is yeah they do the whole book series goes really friggin' to the boys level of far Um, okay and then and then next season they'll start in, in the first episode probably back with like i said a bomb voyage character it's really goofy but they'll still have this the world's broken in half, which it's not. I'm just saying that would have something that important um, have happened. Uh, so anyway, that, that's the difference between the boys. The boys will always be real, dark, gritty, funny, but depressing in a, like, oh my God, we're still living in a world with evil mm-hmm. people. Um, okay, so uh, moving on from that one, what else do we got here, Dennis, today? Oh, know. you want to run I through was, some news? Oh, let's talk about Evan going to talk about comic books the whole... Uh... We, we oh yeah, the, the, I could talk about comics. The, the property that we that we invited uh, Justin to see. So um, yeah, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, this is a complicated property, as I as I've learned. Um, My favorite anime of all time. So just to uh, clarify exactly, because this is you know as I said a complicated thing. My sister and I watched all twenty six episodes of Whew, the original that's impressive way um, to go series from 1995 and then on justin's recommendation um we intended to watch the first and second um reboot movies i don't know if that's what you call them rebuild re- rebuild <laughs> no. well there's a there's yeah. another re-term we, i've not heard before you're going to explain that one we 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 okay. have the technology we can rebuild <laughs> um and so, and I I watched those original episodes uh, somewhere around 2005. And so I remembered bits and pieces of the series, but um, all the details came back to me watching it again. Um, and then we didn't actually watch both of those movies. We just watched the first one. And I think, uh, Mike, you did as well. Um, yeah. And Justin both owns and has seen all of it multiple times and everything everything Um, super fan so yeah from from my perspective this is a story that is a combination of um your what has become kind of typical mech kaiju story like if you saw the first pacific rim um big monster fights and there's some kind of challenge for the human piloting the mech um in 
Pacific Rim, these mechs take two people, so they have to synchronize together. Um, I don't know if I can say much about the issue with the Evas or the Evangelion in NGE without spoiling it because it's kind of the whole. So, like, that's half of the story, and the rest of the story is really about like relationships, relationships, and and psych like psychological trauma to an extent, existential um, crises, existential crises, <laughs> and like. So, so what like you're saying is family. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> kind of. It's it's this very um, heady. It's, it's it's a lot it's of heady. psychological. It, it, it feels like an awkward juxtaposition because, in the one sense, you have like there's this big fight and they're going to fight that there's this monster is attacking Japan and they have to fight it off. But the um, the the characters who can pilot these mechs are all 14 year olds. So as Mike and I talked about. I think two weeks ago, um, they're all intensely emotional. They happen to, for the most part, have pretty crappy parents. And so have, have real, like, you know, daddy issues is just one of those. Like all of the main characters have some, like their own flavor of mommy or daddy issue that affects the way that they interact with everybody throughout the show. Um, and, yeah, I've probably already spoiled it to an extent, but <laughs> I, I will I, say before we get to Justin's like telling us what we need to know, because I need to hear words from Justin after I say my bit here. <laughs> uh, I saw, like I said, three episodes and then I watched the rebuild. I'm going to use that word now. Rebuild. Uh, the first one. I did not get to see the second one. I probably will still watch the second one. Um, it's hard to find it these days. Um, I liked the rebuild better for sure um it, things moved along quicker it got the points it said i know this is actually the third time i've watched this it was like it, it was a little annoying because i've seen the same scenes three times because they use the same darn animations yeah, the, like the, the, fir the first movie is very close uh narratively um to i mean they the didn't first... they didn't they didn't reanimate it even did they they didn't just take the, the film it's strips it's, no, it's it's completely no? brand new. It's oh, new it animation. New. It's, okay, it, it just looks like the the character designs and things are just like the original. It's just better shading and better animation. Okay, it, it's hard to see that because I, like I said I I because I've watched them three times now within the span of like a month. I <laughs> I, I knew everything that was like when she they opened up the the drawer in the. The apartment, I knew exactly what was going to be in that drawer, how it was going to be arranged. I knew the next scene when they sit down, what she's going to do, what he's going to do, and the scene, the shot that they're going to do in the bathtub. And then they're, they're, he's going to freak out, and there's another can with another can. You know, I, I knew all of those. He's scenes, naked, but there's a can of beer blocking and then, his. Yeah, and then they pull the his, can of beer and down, and she there's grabs a smaller the can, thing. and there's a, there's a tiny jar of toothpicks. Yeah, it's, it's a sight gag. It's, it's, the same, it's the same shot in all three think times I've watched it. So I, I don't want to say about that. So anyway. So I watched these. Um, I do like the other one because uh, the the rebuild. And Justin, I want you to explain rebuild here. I'm seeing in the one movie that I watched, um, they put words in that made it make sense. They were like, "Oh, they all you mm -hmm. have to do is like change three words or the way a sentence. At, throw in a sentence here, and now I get what the heck that's for, you know." And whereas they probably explained it 
throughout 30 episodes, but all you needed to do was say one word and that now I know why they're doing a thing. Um, and I was like, okay. And sit, cause sit, I would constantly be telling that to Siddy. She's sitting next to me watching it. I'd say, Oh, I didn't know that's the reason why. Um, they should have just said that before, which they do now in the rebuild. Um, so that, that was really, that was good. I liked that one. Um, Overall impressions is that I feel like I can't talk about it because I feel the same way we just talked about Invincible, that I don't get any of it. Okay, <laughs> that it's it's so like Sydney watches a ton of anime now, and this is probably the bottom of her list of all time to watch, um, because it makes no sense whatsoever. If you just watch that, because the furthest I've watched, remember guys, is the first one, which I don't know if this is spoilers because it's just the first first rebuild. Like they shoot the all the power of Tokyo at that what, sixth angel, and and then it, they blow it up. But that's it. They they go in and they have where I'm at now is they have this kid, which they have no reason why this kid is the, the fate of humanity is placed on this one kid who hates it beyond nepotism. And then they sit down and they actually in one key moment ask him why, and he she says there is no reason, but now it's your destiny going forward. I'm like okay, let an engineer. <laughs> come in here and do this. Like that's what that was Sydney's word. Like, why don't they have like a technician come and do this, or one of those it's, army generals? Uh, it's Lord of the Rings, yeah. Right, but that like, makes it's it's frust it's infuriatingly frustrating because they'll they'll go into battle and like the fate of the world hinges on this one thing. And you know what? Mm. If you don't get in here, we're gonna put this dying, destroyed little girl also in there instead of one of our you know combat veterans we've got standing around here. And then what's the reason? No reason. So anyway, I'm telling you, I don't know if that gets addressed later, but oh my God, at this point, it's infuriatingly frustrating, especially since none of them can get up and control the mechs or whatever they are. They can't do anything with them. They win, it seems, by happenstance, like he happens to have a dagger and he's pissed off. Um, and then they don't tell you why he, he wins the first one. And then the third one, Sydney, the reason she got upset, was like, they've got the most advanced things in the world and they can't program the thing to just pull the trigger they have to have this 14 year old kid come in and thing you can't even you walk in field, and but... pull the trigger <laughs> she's like can't they just go the AT... i wondered about bar? that too of course the at field of course <laughs> right just press so anyway and, then, and it ends that's that's where we ended we ended with like they can't just press the space bar on the keyboard to fire the machine they've got to have this 14 year old mentally damaged kid come in and then, and then Boy, my you, question is too, is like, why, why do they have like schools around this city that they just go to school now after, after they're done with like life or death do situations? They, Justin, do they ever explain why the pilots are all 14 years old? Yes. Okay. It's okay. Very, so I'm moving to Justin now. Yes. Tell me where I'm clearly not watched not enough of this, right? If, if There's that so much I more. It, that there are episodes that get very wordy and I only watch uh, in Japanese with subtitles. So it's possible that I miss that. All right, tell so, me what I'm missing. What am I missing so, on this? First off, Dennis, that was a fantastic summary uh, and <laughs> some very good points about why the show is I, so I beloved. Yeah, no, that that was better than I could have put it in terms of summarizing because I would go into far too much detail about <laughs> everything. Um, you make some very valid points. Shinji Ikari, the main character is mm -hmm. a very damaged person and in many ways he is an, an autobiographical representation of the maker of the show. So the reason right. that 
He is this sort of wimpy, resistant, uh, depressed character is because the person who made the show was kind of making a show about himself. So the reason that this character has been chosen to be the pilot is because the creator wanted to make a show and put himself in it. Not necessarily, not necessarily because he wanted to be in the show. He wanted to unwrap and sort of dig deep into some of his own trauma and his own that through this character. So he's not the typical hero. He, this is not Gundam. Yeah. Normally uh, like author creator inserts or, I don't know, it's what you call Mary Sue. They're usually some form of power fantasy, right? Like, yes. like uh, Kirito from from Sword Art Online. Or, or, I mean, or Gundam. Gundam, I think, is a, a fair sure. equivalent because... I've never seen those, but... You, you know that the Gundam pilots are always going to... Right. But that's not who Shinji is. He has to, he has to go and discover something about himself he has to overcome some sort of you know psychological issue to eventually convince himself to pilot it so, so can you mm-hmm. can you can you can you spoil that for me then please spoil it for me like why is he the pilot well, well yeah i i i'm i'm i will i will want to watch the rest of these i think if, if i know that it, there's a legit reason for like why all of the world is putting their fate on this one kid one of the most important relationships on the show is the relationship between shinji and his father gendo who you see sure. in episode one. Yeah. You, and you, you see Gendo pressuring way. Shinji to get into the robot. So is that just nepotism? Is that the answer? Not necessarily. Um, but, I mean, their relationship is incredibly toxic. It is. Yeah, right. And I mean, Sydney so, laughed so, the other day. She's like, at least my dad doesn't open up an elevator door, <laughs> look at me, and then close the elevator door. Getting the <laughs> yeah, right. damn robot. It's terrible. Okay. So... Eventually, you realize the father has designed this incredibly complex plot to make his son be the pilot. Okay. So his choices have led to Shinji being one of the few people that's able to pilot it. Just okay. like... See, that feels better. And I, that feels I, better. I don't feel like that's spoiling it too much, because you kind of get that from the first episode. Gendo is pulling the strings on this operation in some way. That, right. that mm-hmm. he is orchestrating this grand plot and it involves Shinji. And you can also see within those first few episodes that he is also making some really dangerous decisions about why Ray is piloting. And he's incredibly manipulative of what he allows Ray to do. He's very controlling right. of her. And later on, you see that relationship develop as well. And you get to learn who Ray is and what her relationship is with Gendo. Right. So these characters, they've been chosen because of their relationships with the the, the hierarchy. Okay. That, that feels that, also very Japanese-ish, too. Right? Yes. Yes. And there's... Kind of. I mean, Dennis said, the, the, the parents on this show are, are pretty terrible parents. There's, right. there's a massive plot about Shinji's mother, who you don't meet. Um, Dennis, I think you know where that storyline goes, and it it gets pretty, pretty complex. Mm-hmm. Um, Oscar, who you who you did not meet, but um, is the third main piloting character who comes in right. the second rebuild movie or the eighth episode of the TV series mm-hmm. has a very traumatic relationship with her mother, 
Um, Can you explain the, what you meant by rebuild instead of reboot or re or whatever? So I don't know what the term rebuild necessarily means. It might just be a, a, an English local localization. I sure. mean, it's it's a mecha series, so maybe it's just a good pun. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. But uh, what it essentially is is that they made 26 episodes. They made a movie that completed the uh, film, the TV series. And then about a decade later, they wanted to redo it with modern technology. And like you said, they wanted to streamline the story. Yeah. Um, Introduce the introduction of the story in the movie. It like you're, you're as confused about what's going on with Shinji and his father um, as you are in the series, but you get, I mean, Mike described this, you get a slightly better understanding of what the heck is going on with yeah. the angels yes. and the Avas. Yeah. So in addition to the points Dennis made about why this series, why the, why these, why this product is so universally enjoyed is that the plot is a puzzle box. Okay. It's, it's incredibly complex and you can watch it many, many times and still not know exactly what's going on. Like you have to, you have to really pay close attention. You have to focus on the little details. There will be things mentioned in the show or in the film that you might never see, but but appears in the opening credits for a flash of a second, and that's incredibly important to understanding what the entire plot of the show is. This this feels, and I don't mean this, this don't take no, this as no. a bad way, this feels like a Blade Runner reason. Like, that's what uh, I hear yeah. from people who are fans of Blade Runner. It's like, it's so deep, it's emotionally complex, and you have to watch it multiple times, and every time you watch it, you see something new that's different in, in mannerisms. Is it, I, think, I don't mean that in a yeah. knockoff way. Is that is that fair to say that it's I think that's similar fair. to that? I, I mean, I've seen it compared to Twin Peaks. Twin okay. Peaks is another one of those series where you have to watch it multiple times. You know, every time you're going to take something I, I, different. I didn't away, get I all the way through it once. So, <laughs> <laughs> just wait. The, season three, the return of Twin Peaks, was quite a roller coaster so, ride. Of somewhere, I got I got at least as far as the the room, the red room, or whatever that's called, uh-huh. with the backwards talking. I, um, I I think I could I watch Twin Peaks. I do. I could talk about that for. A while. <laughs> I think I think I would watch this the second one. I think mm-hmm. uh, again, this first one was was definitely not one of our favorites. Um, I will and... say the second movie in the rebuild, I think, might be my favorite of okay. all of the Evangelion material. Yeah, we, um, we had so well, many. We had so many questions that were so illogical. But, I mean, you you can we we were you know again we watched anime. And Sid's a huge anime person. So when she's watching My Hero Academia, none of that makes sense ever. But it, it's got its own kind of inner system rules, or you can kind of mm. say it. But this one, this one kept going back and forth between trying to be over the top realism, but then not realism, but then, you know, stuff. I, I one thing I want to say positive about it is that this has as much techno babble speech as Star Trek does. <laughs> like yes. we pointed out and we started like I, if I could do a shot drinking game to it, it'd be amazing. Because that's all I of think a sudden they go for five solid minutes techno babble speech. The synchronization rate and the <laughs> exactly the you know what I'm talking fields, about the AT fields yeah, um, engines. <laughs> if you want to see, drop some some N2 minds on it. If you want to see <laughs> the comparison in the animation between the original series and 
the rebuild movies um watch some of those sequences when they're showing the like the the synchronization graphs lining up or like mm-hmm. the interfaces they, they they're much better in the movie than they were in the series no oh, well it's it's impressive because you know they're they're not just doing i mean star trek has good stuff of putting some science words in there but this one does every word they seem to say and at least in the english dub translation feels like they they belongs there like oh they're definitely charging the array clusters like okay yes. <laughs> arrays arrays do seem like they would need something that needs to be charged and i mean array th- means cluster this so is well you, done you know you, you you already said this this is a, a a spoiler for the movie but when they connect all of the power system the electricity in japan for a weapon that they're that they need an ava to fire um the the series i think the series did this but it didn't feel as like as much time as it did in the movie because the movie i was like oh we have this much of this movie left and they spend so much time literally moving big transformers not yes michael bay transformers like the transformers on your power pole or at a a, a electricity substation in real life like a bunch of weirding the actual uh mechanism the machinery that you need to transfer you know high voltage electricity and they're moving it around on trucks and trains and connecting these cables together and flipping breakers and it's exactly (laughs) what you would have to do if you were going to route all of japan's electricity to one place but i'm like they're spending so much time (laughs) on this like i don't know i mean i i guess i would rather i don't know if i would rather see that or see stuff that mike hasn't gotten to in the movie in the in the series where you're just stuck in Shinji's inner monologue as he's questioning his existence. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I also have the question that both of you got to give me a, an honest answer for is like the fan service. I'm using air quotes. Can I see that yes. my video air quote fan service <laughs> is crazy in this one. And I'm not talking about like it's yes. showing porn levels. So it's just like, this is, has all the reasons that you and Dennis just talked about this serious, deep, complex things. And then they just show boobs. Like just put it in your face. So that's like, what that's the is happening? Method. And, and and even and my favorite thing I took a I took a screenshot for Dennis as I sent it to him. I'm like, I laughed for three full minutes straight at the end of the first movie, and it says, "Don't worry, we'll be back with lots more fan service too." And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> You've got this cliffhanger and this big thing and these all these emotional things, and don't worry, we've got the nudie shots for you. <laughs> What what's that about? I mean, is let that me, just so, a thing? Yes. So <laughs> let me let me explain. So even Galleon is the original series was made by Gynex. Are you familiar with any of the Gynex series? So they've got um Fully Cooley, Gurren Lagan, uh Nadia Secret of the Blue Water, Otaku no Video. Um I've they, heard of a I, lot of those. Oh I know uh, that Gunbuster and Diebuster. They Gynex, so Gynex is known as a second generation of anime. So okay. they are Gynex is the nerds who grew up watching anime wanting to make their anime. Okay. Okay. So the one of their movies Otaku which uh Otaku is sort of like the Japanese term for nerd. Nerd okay. or geek. Yeah. Nerd, right. yeah, geek. It's 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 more of a pos. It's been reclaimed. It's like a positive word yeah. nowadays. Um, Otaku no video is a biological or biological. 
biographical story of how Gynex came to be and how these friends met as kids. They all had different hobbies. They combined these hobbies to turn into this these super nerds. And eventually they end up making, you know, an anime studio where they're able to just go crazy and show everything they wanted to see growing up as kids. Hmm. And that's part of the appeal of Evangelion and some of the other Gynex productions is that it's so heavily influenced by the anime that came before it. Like, a lot of Evangelion draws from kaiju movies like Godzilla or Ultraman. Sure. Um, sure. It it draws from you know the original Gundam series and older Mecha like it's it's heavily influenced by that, but it also has a lot of that fan service stuff where it's like we're a bunch of nerdy guys we grew up you know like there's a character in a Takuno video who has a hentai obsession, which I it's a it's a bit in the movie but it's it's a bio, it's a biographical movie it's it's about a guy who was really in because right. one of the earliest you know nerd fandoms was you know hentai was among them right right. and so these are nerds who now get to make their movie and they get to put so they're gonna they're gonna (laughs) so it's it's the first it's the first few seasons of game of thrones basically (laughs) (laughs) but 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 for 14 year old boys which is even better i i I did i did i will say that being said i find it funny always you know that they put it in there and it's always meant to be like in the most weirdest places when they show them. Uh, especially since the whole se- this show is most of much more children. serious mm-hmm. kind oh, of tone it. to it. Yeah. Right. Uh, but um, <laughs> it, it was a little disturbing that they show a 14 year old girl's boobs half the time. Like yeah. that, that. I don't understand how they can show that one. Um, but they, they were very open with, with it. And I'm like, Oh gosh, okay. This is Japan has got some weird things. So a lot of this was what me wondering, if it's just the weird cultural differences or there's more to it, it sounds like there's a little bit of both, but I think mostly there's just more I have to, to watch. Uh, to, even to find even watching the movie, it's it has a little bit of that Lord of the Rings thing where this is not, um, you know, this is not the uh, the Indiana Jones trilogy. Like this is three parts of one story. Yeah. I mean, maybe I don't right. know. I haven't, I haven't seen all two, but like the first movie is not supposed to stand alone as its whole. It's, at yeah, the very least, it's I a felt. part one of two. And yeah, so yeah. it's going to end on a cliffhanger. You're going to still be kind of confused. You have a lot of questions still not answered about the nature of the Avas, the mechs that they pilot. Yeah. You, and, and that's you get a, hints that's from the first time that he pilots it. You're like, something weird is going right. on here. Um, well, like, it, like I said, I really, I really didn't like it a whole lot. But I also say that because I feel like I did it. I'm not even barely giving it a chance to see mm. it. Not, no, that's, that's not the right phrase. I, I haven't seen enough to truly give a valid yeah. opinion of what it should be. Yeah. It's right. It's not truly, dissimilar truly. from from us talking about Invincible after right, two or right. three episodes. Yeah. I, I I need to I need to watch the rest, which I, I truly truly do plan, especially since I've got friends who like it so much. Um I highly recommend the second movie. Yeah. I Well the, the second movie favorite, I already talked and... about it in the in the coming next time, it sounded like there's more pilots, and if we cannot put the whole world on this one terrible kid. That'll make me monumentally happier <laughs> that we can have at least some backups for yeah, the planet. There, that, mm-hmm. right. the, I will, I will say if you've seen the trailer for the second movie, there are more pilots, there are more angels. So, that, and there's yeah. a lot more questions answered. Okay. Um, yeah. 
I, I will I will invest time in that one. It's actually I really like this idea of taking a full series and condensing it down, especially with things like anime. Like I wish they could do that to Dragon Ball Z. Like I I I, I die watching any Dragon Ball Z stuff. I cannot hang with seven hundred hours of that or Bleach and things like that. Well, but so I would they, watch the movies. They've done Dragon Z Kai, which is condensing Dragon Ball Z into shorter stories, cutting out the um, some of the the side stories, making it cleaning up the anime. They've got that, but the rebuilds are brand new movies. Which, if you uh, you're right, the very first movie is almost a scene for scene adaptation of the first few episodes of the series. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the animation's a lot better, but if you're not paying that close attention, it might seem like the same exact scene. It's the right. same right. style for sure. The same, same style. Yeah. Design. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind that. I really don't. I don't, I, I like the idea of being able to get, well, this is the cliff notes. I like that. It's the cliff notes version version. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't fun. have enough time to watch 32 episodes. Not that I don't want to, but I've got other things I want to watch. Um, and then, but I really do want to experience this in some way. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm glad I'm glad this is, that they have this, and I'm and I'm glad that you pointed them out to us because I know that we were planning on just watching the series, but Dennis was like, "Hey, Justin says this thing." Watch so, the movies. I yeah, will but, warn you, the film series has been it's been planned as a as a four part film series. That's cool. Oh no! So <laughs> he's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> the third movie came out in 2012. Okay. The fourth movie came out this year in Japan. Oh, so it's okay. it's out. I will say it's out. That's good. But it took them it took them eight years, and we <laughs> don't know when we're going to get an actual English translation. I mean, there's fan translations out there, but who? Right. Um, right. and I will say, I don't like the third movie. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> I don't don't like that third movie. So if if you don't like the mysteries that are set up in the in the series, the third movie is just mysteries. There's nothing answered. There's no satisfaction at the end of the movie where it's like, oh boy, I can't wait. Oh, so it's, it's so it's just, lost. It's lost. <laughs> it's lost. Well, and then it was it's lost, and then it's eight years until the next episode oh my goodness cool. that's terrible well so, I, I, so I will it's, say it's game of thrones I, the books <laughs> that's right i will say that the sid and i both did we agreed in it on this is that it was nice to be able to watch a shortened version of this um and then if we were interested to be able to say now we can go into a more detailed thing if we so choose watch it's very much like if you like if you like a, sh- a show go pick up the comic book or the manga because then mm-hmm. you can read more into it, right? This was the same kind of way, but with, with mm-hmm. the, the animation, which is nice. It's that's a nice thing to have. Uh, there's, cool. Can I? There's one more topic on this I wanted to bring. Yep, go ahead. So, the original series came out in the '90s, '95, '96. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't been published in America since the DVDs were released in the early aughts. Anime always has sort of that weird international publishing thing where like the rights get confused and Gainix has gone through different uh, owners over the years. So right now for a very long time, they didn't publish Evangelion films or they didn't publish any of the Evangelion TV series in America. Funimation was publishing the movies, but the TV series was out of production, not available in the U S for a very long time. Netflix bought the series a couple years ago. 
And when they bought the series, because of how the weird rights are sort of figured out when when something gets brought over to America. Wait, wait, they, did they buy the series or the rights to view the series? Like, can they make new episodes? They cannot make new episodes. They bought the series. They bought the episodes that already exist. Okay, cool. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's still being. Yeah, I won't yeah, go yeah. into. It. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Netflix took. They couldn't get the translations, and they couldn't get the dub. Wild. So okay. they had to do everything from scratch. Wild. Okay. And what happened was, and it's it's incredibly frustrating, but it's. It's the perfect case study in when anime is translated to a, a literal translation versus a localization. Yeah. And so a localization is taking the Japanese words and translating Re- it and then rewording it. Rewriting it in English. Or, exactly. Or right. A paraphrase maybe is a better word, though. Paraphrase. That sometimes yeah. feels a little, a little derogatory. It's, Yeah. It's, it's instead of and then it's reworded. It it a lot of times comes down to a lot of little things like um, in Japanese people much more often use um, names or or pronouns, especially for family members and siblings, yes. much more often than we do in English. Um, just every time, instead of saying you, they'll say Big Brother. Hey, Big Brother, can you? Do, and it it sounds very mm. very awkward in English. It's part of the reason yes. that I don't watch dubs because the the hearing them speak Japanese and reading English I know that what I'm reading is not what they're saying and it creates that um kind of cognitive um disconnect where it doesn't like what they're saying doesn't bother me because I'm reading it and when I hear them when I hear people talking that way in English it sounds unnatural and is and is very distracting so the, the translation Sorry, method on, you're discussing, Netflix. Dennis, that you're, that you're having an issue with is when people is taking the literal Japanese and just putting what it would be in English on right. the screen and it doesn't work. Right. Like Dennis was just saying. And especially with a TV series like Evangelion where, as we were discussing, every single word can have some great significance hmm. to the storyline. Yeah. And... If you if you literally translate it, it's not gonna make a whole lot of sense for for an already complicated show to make even less sense takes away a lot from what's going on. Yeah, and yeah. so unfortunately, when Netflix bought the series, they didn't do a localization translation; they did a literal translation. And so mm-hmm. the version that on, that is on Netflix, both the sub and the dub. Are this is it's just a very awkward, very nonsensical, just not a great translation of what the series is, and it's we, it's it's really unfortunate. We we saw that this that one small little snippet that Dennis and I were just shortly talked about was the uh, uh, it was pivotal for Sydney and I when we sit down. We're always wondering why he was the person, and after I think it's in the second half this. The second or third act of the the first movie, they're sitting. He's sitting down with um the lady who he lives with, Masada, and and, and she Masada. says, um he's like why me? He he finally asked the question why me? And all of a sudden, I remember sitting sitting next to you like oh finally here we go right? And we watch 
she likes just just watch the subs. I like to listen yeah. to the dubs. So we have the dub with the subs on, right? So for for both of us. <laughs> okay. So we see these that things. That seems like that's the what, worst possible. <laughs> that, that seems like what Dennis would hate, right? Uh, but I do. I don't read it. I, I like, love I don't, hearing I, people speak English and then reading different English. Oh, yeah, see, I don't. That's the thing English. is that I don't. I don't. Yeah, maybe it bothers her. It's it's uh, probably it, like it if you can mean. follow along with both, you're you're probably getting a. I mean, some kind of best version of because you're getting if they're different you're getting two people's uh translation yeah and, and that probably bothers her but it doesn't bother me because i don't want i don't read the, the subs because i'm actually looking at the screen and looking at all the stuff that sign going. can't stop me because i can't right. read right didn't stop me so anyway here was the thing that there's that one scene and he's, he says why me and we're like finally here it is and she replies and i'm going to tell you that what it said i get the screen kept in the sub and the dub both of them said there's no reason. Okay. And then the, th- the sentence that followed was the dub said, uh, it's your destiny. And then mm-hmm. the sub said is it's become your destiny. So one said that there's no reason it's your destiny. Meaning that like from the reason you're piling this is because from when you were born, yeah. it's been your destiny. Yeah. And then the, the, the sub said, because they added the word become felt like, it's there's no reason now it has from this point on become your destiny. So you mm. said you you texted me when you saw this. He says why me and you said no reason period because it's your destiny. Right. And that, that yeah the, uh, that I assume was the dub and we're one of those about two right yeah. Now. It's those and those two different things yeah. The subtitles that we saw she says there's no reason that destiny happened to be yours. That's all. Oh, that right. is awkward. It's, right. So it was they're like both. These I mean, it's, different it's things. a case where the subtitles give you more time, right? It like it doesn't have to to try and line up, you know, cadence and words. Um, you could put more text on the screen because it's just subtitles. Um, I don't know. I but, liked, but that, the text but that translated subtitle. differently, right? That 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 kind of has different meanings. So I, I I think I know what happened. If I, if I can give some context, okay. so the the team that did the original translation. So here, so when the TV series was first coming on to American television, Adult Swim or their their animation block, hmm. um, the team that was making it received a literal translation from Japan. Japan when and then this very small team, most of the people who were on this team were the voice actors themselves. They took that and they uh, localized it. Those sure. same voice actors have carried over to the film series. Okay. So when these voice actors are doing the dub, they're localizing as they're doing it because that's how they've been doing these characters for 15, 20 years. Right. Yeah. So my guess would be that instinctively these voice actors are localizing it while the sub is the literal translation. Translation. Mm-hmm. That makes yes. sense. Cool. So that's what happened when they, when they, when they took the series, they took the, literal translation and they used that for both the the sub and then the dub actors who were completely different actors than the ones that they've had for the last 20 years for whatever reason netflix decided to get completely different actors for the dub and they did not do a localization so the sub doesn't work because it's a literal so weird japanese translation that doesn't make any sense the dub doesn't work because it's just people reading the literal script and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense 
but it's and it's really unfortunate so i'll give you just one example so shinji akari is the third child in the Mm -hmm. in the series in the movie in the netflix translation he is the third children the third children and that is wow always how he's referred to as because i don't know what character they translated that from but i'm sure that there's some japanese character that they were using that translated oh, yeah. there's, there's only and they strongly committed to it and they just right. they just i'm sure i'm sure there's only one word right there's only one japanese yeah. word and yeah wow and now i get when Third youtubers children. when right. youtubers complain about that dub and they're like you guys spent however many million dollars to keep the rights of, to friends for another year and you couldn't you know <laughs> get one person who was fluent in both languages to look this over and go Hey, this is not proper English. Or or, or just it's, listen to it, yeah. right? <laughs> listen to it back. Yeah. It's like, wait, that, that doesn't make any yeah. sense. There's there's do, a character later. Do a round who, of proofreading, maybe. Right. The one of the big controversies, there's a character later who falls in love with a different character. The, mm. Very clearly. Very clearly. In the series, in the movies, in the manga adaptation, there's love. Right. And in the Netflix adaptation, it's I like you a lot. Mm. and it doesn't it doesn't have any of the same impact it underwrites sure. the entire character because the wild daisuke in japanese it's the same like it means both things yeah. it's like how there's but, there's one word that means uh big brother cousin and random stranger that i just met who's clearly older than me yeah. Um, right it's all the same word in japanese or wild man words. so if you if you only take the literal translation and you don't look to localize it and, and see what this means in the scene yeah mm-hmm. it's an entirely different it, it's an entirely different it's an entirely different series it's and it well, that's actually so that's a really good work. that's a really good warning justin for us to not watch the netflix version. i would <laughs> i would highly advise against watching the netflix series oh that's 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 good that's good recommendation well, dude, thanks for coming on the show. It's been pretty cool. We need to have you on more often because we, instead of just saying, yeah, like, we need to have Justin, we need to have Justin. So we, we geek out I'm, enough about all these, to talk all these topics. Books. Comic books and anime, <laughs> anime, those are things that the two of us talk about and having that go-between is kind of nice. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully have you on more often. All right. You have been listening to The Front Porches, episode 193. Three? Yeah, 193. Coming uh, up on 200. Yep, coming close. Couple more weeks. Thanks as always to our friends over at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Check them out. They talk about movies and board games and all that good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, if you have questions, comments, feedback, you want to tell us all the things that we're wrong about about anime or comic books or any specifics therein, I probably offended some George R. R. Martin fans at some point in the last ninety minutes. <laughs> Uh, you can reach us via email. That address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. Oh, you can also write in case Justin was totally wrong about the Netflix thing, too. You <laughs> bash him for that. If, I, was, I was not. If, <laughs> if, if, if you are a huge Evangelion <laughs> fan who loves the Netflix dub, um, <laughs> you, can you can write Justin. You can email at Justin at gmail.com. Justin at, yeah, there you go. Uh, over on our website, frontporchpodcast.com, there are contact forms. You can do that as well if you're not into email. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are found. While you're there, if you leave us a review, that would be awesome. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Um, And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. And I'm Justin. For the Front Porch. 
Hi, everybody. See you next time.